This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 239 of the Stable Scoop Radio Show, Not-So-Desperate Horsewives. This is the fifth annual Desperate Horsewives episode, so please support our sponsors as they make this very special show possible. Please visit fleeceworks.com for the finest wool and fleece products on the market today. And also check out Chasing a Fox in a Little Black Dress. You can find them on Facebook. Just search for Chasing a Fox. Welcome to the Stable Scoop, with weekly shows delivered right to you. With Helena and Glenn the Geek, live from the stable, it's every week. We'll bring you the news through hail or high water, while using their tails as their own fly swatters. So sit on down and laugh till your poop, cause it's time again for Stable Scoop. Stable Scoop. Stable Scoop. Stable Scoop. I'm Helena B., and this is the fifth annual Desperate Horsewives episode. Actually, it's the not-so-desperate Horsewives episode. My two guests today are far from desperate. We have with us Sissy Finn, who is a horsewife, mother of two boys, a fox hunter, and she lives in New England in a very large, old, old, old house, which is amazing and perfectly suited for fox hunters. Uh, so Sissy joins us today, and we have Cami Backman. She is also a horsewife, a mother of two teens, a fox hunter, and also lives in New England. The three of us have uh, known each other for a number of years. We all ride out with the myopia hounds uh, just north of Boston. And we have many stories to tell, and we've also had a number of years to work on this balance of horse life and horse wife. Some of us made it work, and some of us didn't. So we're going to take a minute to hear from one of our sponsors, and then when we come back, you're going to learn exactly who made it work and who didn't. We'll be right back. Judy, I've been hearing a lot of good reports about this new TheraWool product line that you introduced earlier this year. Tell us what's going on there. It's basically opened a whole new a customer base for us and it's made the product affordable for people maybe who either didn't want to use sheepskin because it does require a little bit more maintenance the sheepskin does than the wool or people that just couldn't make that stretch so it's it's been great it's you know it's really really durable as the tagline says is great for daily use beautiful enough for show and i think that really explains it all in a nutshell because it is a lovely pad to look at and feel and yes. But yet it's still an affordable pad that you can go to, you can literally go to the Olympics in this saddle pad. Yes. We worked really hard to make sure that we developed the right density and the right length. And so it took us about a year to get everything exactly right and to make sure that when you washed it, that it didn't felt up or, or turn real hard or ball up. And it's a proprietary blend of product the way we've done this to make it work quality saddle pads from fleece works so folks when you go to your local tax store ask for fleece works thera wool pads by name and if your local tax store doesn't have them tell them that they need to speak with judy at fleece works just go to fleeceworks.com and you'll find all of our contact information there and thanks for stopping up by again judy and keeping us up to date on what's going on over there So welcome, Sissy Finn, horsewife, mother, fox hunter, entrepreneur, employee, an amazing friend. Uh, I know Sissy and I have known each other for a long time, and she does a fabulous job of balancing all the demands of horsewife and horse life. And Cami, so we're going to start with Cami. Um, let's let's hear what Ms. Beckman has to tell us about her background um, as a fox hunter, as a horsewife, a mother, and all those other wonderful things that Cammy is. So, okay, Cammy, now you have um, your mother of two teenagers. Is that right? Yes. Okay. One's away, though. One's away at, at school, so okay. he's not here 
um, unless vacation time. Okay. Okay. And it, but Jenny's Jenny's home, and um, so we have our morning routine of getting her up and off on the bus. Hopefully, she makes the bus. Got <laughs> a you know eighty percent chance. And then it's out to feed the horses and get them all settled outside, um, mucking the stall, and then just like Susie said, you know, calling around, figuring out who's going to ride, where we're going to meet up, all that good stuff. I will tell you, if my daughter misses the bus in the morning, she is obligated to come out and help me feed before I give her a ride to school. Ooh. (laughs) Oh, I like that. Yeah, that's the, the penalty. And then... Um, trying to get one of them to come out and feed with me at night is always fun. And all they have to do is throw hay. I just kind of want them to be involved, but um, it's not hard labor by any means. But, um, but yeah, then we have the nighttime routine. Um, to well, they're smoke. teenagers. Everything is hard labor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. It's hard to just get up off their butts to go out to the, anywhere. And, and now, Sissy, Jenny you got the best setup for throwing hay. She got the most fabulous barn, and you just walk upstairs and you just throw it over the rail. Uh, just, I know. Everybody, each stall, it's so easy. You can throw your fabulous. hay right into each stall, Cammy. Yeah, we've got like a, a knee board, uh, you know, knee height um, railing there or wall. So yeah, all the hay's just tossed out, and um. It's, I mean, it, it couldn't be easier. easier. It really couldn't. It saves you so much time in sweeping. I mean, not that I mind sweeping, but, you know, if you really like a tidy barn, being able to throw the hay right into the stalls is, is pretty awesome. Yeah. And I throw it, because uh, I, I, I'm really picky, I throw it out the door so that they have to eat outside, because they have the doors open to go in and out all night. So what do you do, throw it on an angle and get it out the yeah. door? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you got to get it, like, right out the door. It's, <laughs> you know, specific placement. The things we do to entertain ourselves. Honestly, like, the perfect barn workflow. Everybody has their own, like, amazing workflow and how their barn should work. Yeah. All right, so now, Sissy, you've got two boys, a teenager and a 10-year-old? 10-year-old, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you've got your own challenges. I, I have a 10-year-old yeah. myself. I know that's, that alone is a world of challenges. Um, right. So how do you balance your day with you know, being a mom and then being a horse person? Well, they're not horsey at all, unfortunately. So um, it works in my favor because if I say I'm going to the barn, they don't want to go. And I can have time with the horses and myself, and my friends, (laughs) so I have to make sure they're all tended to, and, you know, they've gotten to Boy Scouts and Playdates and all those things, um, and have all that covered before I can go out and do my riding, so it is a challenge. Okay. Um, You at least have a horsey girl. Yeah, but she's still a lazy girl. Why do I have to take care of my own pony? You know, (laughs) we have those. And we have the the mother-daughter butting head things. Like, you know, she thinks she knows everything there is to know about everything at 10. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, And, of course, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. I I have a tendency to think uh, I get a little, you know, I could be a little (laughs) miss miss know-it-all sometimes, too. That's great. I love it. I love it. Okay, so we have... So, so Cammy's got her horses at home in her own barn, which is set up awesome. Uh, right. Sissy, yours is like right across the street, so it, it's pretty easy to take care of of Johnny, right? Yes, yes, okay. it's very, it's very easy. And I don't have a lot of responsibility in it, but just enough. Just enough to okay. Just enough. And from pretty much from April through December, we're out yes. there hunting. Yes. And God loves Cammie, because she'd keep going and going and going. I know. Uh, she pushes me to keep riding, even after hunting's over. And I, I kick and scream and gnash my teeth, <laughs> and she picks me up, and we go to the beach. And then finally, I have to say, it's too cold, Cammie. <laughs> <laughs> Can we stop doing this till the spring? <laughs> It's too cold. Well, Cammy's got a horse who likes to keep going and going and going. He's like the Energizer Bunny. Yeah. Tell us about your horse. Uh, well, he is a, um, I guess he's three quarters thoroughbred and one quarter Morgan. So he's either going really fast um, when he channels his, his thoroughbred side or he's just on his endurance run when he channels his Morgan side. So he <laughs> never runs out of energy or pep or you know, we do a three-hour hunt, and he's jigging on the way back to the trailers. I mean, he's like, 
he's he's fine. He doesn't do anything stupid. He doesn't buck, rear, you know, throw me anything. He just prances like he's in a parade all the time. Yeah, we've been <laughs> we've I, I, on the various horses that I've hunted. I've been behind Cammy and her mount. Um, well, Watson at first, and then it's Wyatt, right? Is your new Wyatt, your new yeah. guy? And um, I, honest to God, Cammy has the patience. Y- y- why it's a good match for you, you're a good match for him because she Cammy just has this wonderful demeanor. Like no matter what's happening in the hunt field, Cammy just keeps going. Just keep going. Yeah. Just keep going. And to be behind her and her horse is such a great place to be. It's like take yeah. that nose, take my pony's nose and put it right in Cammy's butt. <laughs> Pretty right, much. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So you you have a she's a really good demeanor for a horse like Wyatt. I think that's a nice a nice balance. Yeah. Um, and so now, Sissy, tell us a little bit about Johnny. You you've got Saint Saint Johnny. Saint John's very yes. He's an older chap. He's a thoroughbred. He has spent his whole life hunting. He was bred to be a field hunter. So he's one of those weird thoroughbreds that never raced. Um, but he's got the endurance of the thoroughbred, you know. So he, even though he's older, he can, you know, keep up pretty well. Um, and he's got the most lovely mind. He's not a cuddly horse, but he's a horse that knows his job. So if I'm in the barn and I'm trying to, you know, be like, oh, Johnny, you're such a good boy, he looks at me like, whatever, are we riding now? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Am I going to do my job now because I don't want to talk to you? <laughs> And Cammy has seen that firsthand. It's quite funny. Yeah. Um, he kind of ignores me. Like, okay, are we going right? Put the saddle on, and what do I have to do today? But when you get out in the hunt field, he is the hunt nanny, basically. He just goes along at the same pace, um, never, ever, ever steps out of line, never gets nervous. I get nervous, but he never gets nervous. And he just goes along. So it's quite lovely. And I'm behind Cammy a lot. So he's just chugging along behind Wyatt. They're, they're two peas in a pod, those two. Um, so it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. So it sounds like, so you guys are both in this really good place. You have, you've got safe and reliable mounts. Um, you ride out with a, an amazing um, hunt. I mean, we we've all known myopia for many many years and um their Brian Kylie the new huntsman is awesome he's really really great so it's nice to be in a place where you or it's nice to be out hunting and and in the middle of a field that you know it's full of people you know and horses you can trust and so you've also been doing this for a number of years so you've been you're kind of like pros now at balancing motherhood, riding, hunting, horse care, all the other stuff you have to do with, you know, your your horse life. So you're in this, it sounds like you're kind of, you're both in this really good place. The mm-hmm. variable we're going to talk about is the wife part. Um, <laughs> both Sissy and Cammy are married um, and you have wonderful husbands. I've met them both. I know them. They're just really great guys. Cammy, what, what has been... What's been the key to um, maintaining a healthy relationship with your husband in spite of the demands on your time that horses can bring? Well, you know, I think it's just having appreciation for each other's interests. He knows that this is my top number one thing that I would rather do than anything else under the sun. And mm-hmm. so it's especially now that our kids are a little older, we do have the ability to go off and do our own things at the same time, whereas earlier on, when they were younger, one of us had to be home. So if he was going to go play tennis, I needed to watch the kids, and vice versa. So it helps to have your kids a little bit older. It really does. But, but it's also about saying, um, you know what, go, go spend the entire day playing golf and enjoying that. I couldn't stand it. I would... I, I would no sooner go out on a golf course other than on a horse than, than it, that just doesn't make me happy, but it makes him extremely happy. So I think it's just a give and take on each other's time and appreciating that there's only certain times when you can golf, there's only certain times when you can ride, take advantage of it, support each other. We meet up a lot, you know, um, for nice 
cocktails afterward and kind of, you know, how was your golf game, blah, blah, blah. Oh, how was your ride? How was the hunt? He loves the social parts of the hunt. He's very, very excited about going to teas whenever we have teas and the hunt ball and the um, spring hunt dinner and all of those things. And, he, you know, he really likes the folks that, that go hunting with me. So that helps a lot. He's He's, but he is—he's kind of extraordinary. I, you know, he really is a little he, bit. He is nice. extraordinary, and he's got such a—you know—he he does look genuinely happy to be there. You know, um, of course, when we're all sitting around a, a table at a cocktail party and we're flinging glittery stars at each other and sticking them on our foreheads, <laughs> foreheads and and some somebody's husband who is sticking them up his nose because we we're all oh, bored. <laughs> it, it, it takes a certain amount of flexibility and personality to to join us for these hunties and these cocktail parties. So, okay, so Dan is a rock star. Because, well, so you have this great relationship. You he appreciates the things that you make that make you happy and you have an appreciation for the things that makes him happy and then you meet in the middle where you can. So it doesn't necessarily mean that he has to ride, but he's involved. He's with you. You're a team when you do those things together in the horse world that you can do together. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And you go to golf events too? Like to like, well, there's not as much social stuff in golf, is there? Well, no, but you know, um, I tried, I did try and pick up tennis. I knew golf was not going to do it, but I tried to pick up tennis last year and I, I'm no good at all. I'm really, I'm awful. And I, you know, especially (laughs) until I got the second hip replaced, I can't move very quickly. But I at least went out and did it, and then he, we would have, like, lunch afterward because he had his activity when he was going to be playing golf or doing golf, and then I would be doing tennis, and we'd meet up afterwards. So we kind of try and take advantage of being in the same area at the same time. Um, but um, I, I really do think it is just about, uh, you know, being uh, happy for the other person to be spending their time the way they'd like to their free time it also helps never to really totally grow up so that we do play with the stars and you know stick them on our foreheads and things because i don't think dan and i ever completely grew up we just really like having a lot of fun so that helps we're not too serious there is an element of punk necessary for healthy relationships um okay so now sissy to talk about punks you know your your husband has got he's got a little punk in it both of you do let's just let's just start there both of you do so you're very well suited for each other i absolutely adore the both of you um you you both seem to be really just genuinely happy people so there's a confidence about about you not only individually because it you know i know that you guys both do things that you really enjoy doing um, and you know, Mark has, he's, he runs his own business. He's involved with it for years and years and years. He's really good. He takes pride in, in his work. Um, so you've got these two healthy, happy, confident individuals who come yeah. together and how, tell me how your relationship works around the horse thing. You know, it's very similar to Cami and Dan, you know, a lot of give and take. Uh, Mark has a boat, so his boat time is seasonal as well as my riding time so it's the same thing you know he may want to go on the boat and I'll take the kids or he'll take the kids on the boat and then this summer Cammy and I decided um we should get involved in polo because we have nothing else to do and (laughs) so every Sunday we would be um that's a joke by the way that's a joke by the way when she says they have nothing else to do trust me that's the farthest thing from the truth (laughs) So okay, so, so sorry. Every go ahead. Sunday we'd go um, to watch the myopia polo matches, and we had a spot. We had our own spot with our name on it, so we didn't have to get there early, and we could just go and bring all our tailgating gear and cocktails and food. And Mark would be out on the boat with the kids, and Dan would be golfing. And then, um, oftentimes, because it's on the club property, Dan would come over and visit Cammy and I. Um, Mark never made it because he's out on the boat, which is fine by me. Um, so anyway, it's, it's just a lot of give and take, you know, makes him, boating makes him happy and horses make me happy. And we kind of meet in the middle and Mark loves to do like Dan, the teas, the, the balls, the, any kind of social gathering with this crazy group is always a good time. So it, and there's, it all works. 
there's always a lot to do. There's the, there's the tees, there's polo, there's the fundraisers, there's the hunter paces. And so there is a lot of stuff that, you know, our husbands can get involved in if, uh, if, if they want to. So, so is there ever an element of guilt? Like oh, the horses are calling again? Sorry, honey. No, I, <laughs> I'm I, and I also, um, but you all, sissy, I mean, is she's so good about doing things like saying, I'm going to cook everybody a big breakfast on Sunday. So don't count on seeing me out to do anything until later on a Sunday, if, if anything horse related. Um, right. So she takes, you know, she takes chunks of time and says, I'm giving this to my family because, you know, I need, I want to do that. I, do, I think that's, it, it's balanced in all parts. It's balanced with your kids and your husband and the rest of your life. Um, but I, I would just say a lot of stuff gets put on the back burner in the busy season. And then, you know, hopefully you get around to doing some of it in the wintertime. Um, you know, in terms of guilt, like, oh, my gosh, I really haven't taken care of the house the way I should have or blah, right. blah. It's, you know, well, you know what? That can wait until February when it's, you know, we're all stuck inside and cold. Yeah. And yeah, I think that's true no matter what you do if you're an outdoorsy type of person, if you live the sporting life, um, you know, a lot of things gets pushed to the bottom of the priority le- list in the warmer weather. You know, right. like your closet, like you threw, I have many pairs of paddock boots I have like thrown in my closet and britches are all over the place. There's no organization. There's, you know, clumps of dirt and manure track through the house. And you're like, oh, I'll get to that like after Thanksgiving. Um, so I think that's true. I think true. Our, our families know though that, you know, when hunt, when formal hunt season officially kicks off, that we're checked out for about two months. Yeah. And we are busy, busy, busy. And and because we've been doing it for a long time, our families just know that. And they pick up the extra slack and it works because it's not unexpected. Yeah. It's, you know? it's, it's, no. So, so would you say then, is it a fair statement to say you need to have, I mean, yeah, it's kind of a no brainer. You need to have a healthy relationship with your husband or your partner if if you're going to commit yourself or if you're going to really fully immerse yourself in your equestrian activities, whether it's hunting or showing, um, eventing, or even just hacking out. I mean, you know, a trail ride can, you can last all day. So mm-hmm. you kind of do need to have a healthy relationship. If anybody's going to pursue their passions, the relationship needs to be strong enough to withstand the demands on time. Definitely. Okay. I, I, I have to admit that my own is, was not strong. And um, well, a lot of our Stable Scoop listeners might not know this, but there are um, – I'm in the process of getting unmarried, uh. as, as a friend of ours likes to call it, unmarried. And um, it's an okay thing. It's a very enlightening um, process. It's certainly very, very painful. But – if you put it, if I put it in terms of looking back on my horse life, there was a lot of guilt. You know, there's a lot of, is it okay if I go riding or trying to constantly juggle what I want to do, that, that thing that feeds my essence, which is sitting down in the tack <laughs> and hearing the horn, you know, um, or just currying your horse or grooming or mucking, all those things that come along with being a horse person, not just riding, but being a horse right. person. And so when you look back, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. You look back and you say, geez, there was a lot of guilt. There were a lot of social events that I attended alone. Um, there was a lot of juggling to keep everybody happy. So I think if anyone's sort of listening in, tuning in, saying, well, you know, not everybody's got a happy partner or not everybody's married, um, that's okay too. You know, it's, it's important to take a good, honest look at your relationship, the health of it, the strength of it, where you want it to go, where it's been, and how does that mesh with what you love to do most? And hopefully if you're listening to the show, <laughs> that is right. <laughs> that is right. I mean, Sissy and Cammy have seen me at how many, gosh, how many events? And I show up all by my lonesome, happy as a clam, but all by my lonesome. <laughs> it's okay. It's well, you're always part of the, our group. It's, and that's just it, is you're welcomed with open arms. And I think that's one of the things that we all love about fox hunting is it's a very embracing discipline because we're not really out there competing with one another. 
you know, it's not like one barn competes against another or we're out there chasing points. It's very, um, I don't know, it's very warm and friendly. So I think you find a place, it's easy to find a, a home, as it were, uh, with yeah. your fox hunting friends. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Okay, we're going to take a quick break for an ad from one of our sponsors, and then we're going to come right back with the not-so-desperate Horsewives episode of Steel Scoop. Hi, everybody. This is Coach Jen, host of the Horse Tip Daily Show here on the Horse Radio Network. Thanks for joining us for this second in a four-part series on leg protection for your horse, produced in cooperation with Thin Line Global. In this series, with the expert help of Elaine Lockhead, we will cover all aspects of leg protection. Now that part one got us up to speed on who needs leg protection and why, let's start this second segment by delving into the types of horse boots and what they do. Good afternoon, Elaine. Good afternoon to everybody. And in the first installment of this four-part series on leg protection, we talk a little bit about the why and how of leg protection, what types of horses need it and why they need it. Uh, So I guess the next logical step is to talk about the different types of boots that are made and what's available and what they do, because it can be a little overwhelming. There's a, the boot page in any given catalog is extensive. So why don't you, to um, start us down that path of what kinds of boots there are and what those boots do. Okay. Well, let's start with the let's start with the easiest one first. Let's start with bell boots. Oh, we're starting at the bottom and working up. I like that. Exactly. So, bell boots are designed to protect the coronary band, which is right above the top of the hoof. Coronary band is where you get it's it's almost like your cuticle. It's where you get all of your growth and it's where all the blood flow is. So, it's a very critical part of the horse's foot. The bell boots are primarily designed to protect the coronary band, and um, most of the bell boots on the market are made out of plastics because people like to buy all sorts of different colors. Um, the problem with plastic bell boots or, or rubber bell boots is that it really doesn't protect against blunt trauma, um, and thin line is such a great shock absorber but it does protect against that. Additionally, rubber boots, again, get hot. And uh, we've talked oh. a couple of times about heat retention and how heat is one of the primary causes for strains and muscle and tendon issues. So you really don't want to over any of the horse's body. So the thin line ventilates, and, and um, the thin line also has antifungal agents in it because you need to keep that area very clean if you get... Any kind of fungus in there, then you can be looking towards abscesses and all kinds of things that can keep you out of the saddle for a while. So, bell boots also the, the it's their second function is to keep a horse from pulling a shoe off. So that's pretty critical when you're riding. You have a lot of horses who tend to overreach and step up into their front footprint, which is what we actually want them to do when we're riding. But very often they'll pull the shoe, and that can hurt the horse or, you know, more more than that, you have to call the barrier and wait several days to ride again. So That sucks. Like that. I don't want to do that. Yeah. No. yeah, we don't want to do that. So those, um, you know, bell boots, uh, other than that, there are a couple of different fastening closures. Um, any kind of double Velcro closure is generally best so that the bell boot doesn't come undone while you're riding. That's pretty important just from a safety Oh, it's always fun to go through the, the water jumps at big events and find the bell boots floating in there. Exactly. Do, do, thin, do thin line bell boots float or sink? They float. And <gasps> fact, awesome. One of the things, when we talk about other leg protections, one of the best things about thin line is it does not absorb water. So you can work in wet arenas, you can cross creeks, you can go in and out of water, and no matter what the boot is, it won't absorb water. And what that means is, is the boot stays light. Ah. It doesn't shift, it doesn't rub, it doesn't change the feel of the horse's way of going. Um, so those, And those are all pretty important things, at least yeah. from the horse's side. Now, am I right? Because I have a lot of very old horse books in here. I have a, have a penchant for collecting old horse books from uh, flea markets. A bell boot is what is, was once referred to as an overreach boot? Okay. Because originally it was designed, well, just for that purpose, because what happens is the 
hind leg overreaches into the front leg. Got it. And will strike, the horse will strike himself on the back of the front foot. Or he will then, you know, catch an edge of a shoe and pull the shoe off. Got it. Okay, so overreach boot is just an old-fashioned term for a bell boot. Got it. That's correct. Yeah, okay, next. Okay, so since you were talking about where things come from, historically the um, most popular item to put on the leg were the leg wraps, or, or people call them polo wraps. They're also called track bandages. Track bandages have a, um, a lot more integrity to them, so they wrap a little bit firmer like an ace bandage. Leg wraps um, have kind of begun going out of fashion, but it's not really a fashion issue. They've kind of started to disappear for two reasons. One, most importantly, if you put a leg wrap or a polo wrap or a racing bandage on incorrectly, you can actually bow them very easily. So unless you are pretty well educated about how to put one on, you can bow a tendon, and then what happens is people get afraid of putting it on too tight, and then they're out riding, and the leg wrap drops down, and then that's when you discover all of a sudden that your leg wrap is down around your horse's foot. And oh, my. Dangerous. Yeah, yeah, that looks like a disaster. <laughs> yeah, that's a disaster waiting to happen. Yeah. So, and then in addition to that, when you use leg wraps, you have to wash them pretty much daily um, because they get really dirty, and then you have to rewrap them. So, you know, people are busy today, and they really don't have 20 minutes on just putting a wrap on a horse's leg. So the manufacturing industry has worked very hard to come up with different types of boots that are going to do the same thing a leg wrap would do, and even better, hopefully protect. I was going to say, they probably do it better, don't they? Or they do. <laughs> they do it better than, than, a, than the old leg wraps used to do it. So manufacturing companies have done a lot of work and research on designing products that are going to do everything a leg wrap can do, do it better, and do it easier for the customer. So what we've, what they've come up with now is prim- the primary boots that people use are a splint boot, and it's named a splint boot because its prime purpose is to just protect the splint bone. And then there are open now, front boots. Now, f- for our listeners out there who may be a little vague on which part of the horse's leg the splint boot or the splint bone lives in, that is the interior surface of the horse's cannon bone area. Right. So it's behind the cannon bone and in front of the tendon. The inside so edges. There's a little bit <laughs> of, when you, when you feel your horse's leg, you'll feel the cannon bone in front. And just behind the cannon bone, there's a little indentation. And then you can feel the tendon in the back. In that little indentation is a splint bone. And that splint bone is pretty important to the horse's soundness and it's also incredibly easy to break and once it's broken you're going to have you know some downtime where the horse is recovering but the horses will recover and come back sound but then you have a cosmetic issue because it always leaves a pretty good welt or a bump there and then once you have that it can be very difficult to buy leg protection that fits well and doesn't aggravate it Oh, so we want yeah. to try not to break the splint bone on the horses. Yeah, or bruise it. So, yeah, Or bruise it, yeah. So um, splint boots are made pretty much just to cover that one little area. These are truly the least expensive boots in the market. They're almost always made out of neoprene and then some type of foam padding right at the splint bone. But that's all they do is protect the splint. And, again, you don't get any protection from blunt trauma. So it might help if the horse were to sort of gingerly tag the splint bone. But if you get a horse that really hits himself, you know, a a $19 set of splint boots is not going to protect you the way, you know, a, a product made of a different material might. Then the next largest category of boots would be the open front boot. The open front boot is designed for horses that jump. The theory behind the open front boot is that you want the boot to have no protection at the front of the cannon bone. And this is so when horses are dumping and they take a rail down, they can feel when they hit the rail. 
we want the horses not to do that anymore. We want them to jump clear. So what the jumpers do is they use a bow that protects the inside of the leg, the back of the leg, the outside of the leg, and not the front of the leg. So generally they have straps that are just um, elastic straps that go across the front of the leg. And then the rest of the leg is protected by a hard shell surface and then lined with some type of material. The most popular materials are neoprene, gel, and thin line. And then the last category of boots is probably the largest because it's used across multiple disciplines. These boots are called chain boots, sport boots, or galloping boots. Ah, okay. Got it. The way you define what it is, is it wraps around the entire leg. So when you close the boot, 100% of the lower leg is covered. So the horse is protected on both sides, in the back and in the front. And in this dollar boot, you can choose for the hind leg, you can have a tall sport or brushing boot. So... Primarily horses that are doing a lot of lateral work, like dressage horses mm-hmm. or driving horses, will use hind boots that are very tall. The rest of the people will use an ankle boot that just protects the inside of the fetlock along with a sport boot or otherwise known as brushing or galloping boot in the front so that you have full protection in the front and then just the ankle protection in the hind. And the people who use those typically are um, event riders and endurance riders. If you're doing a lot of jumping, you can't have a high hind boot. So they just check the ankle of the back leg and the whole front leg. So, and again, once again, the materials that are used inside these boots are generally, neoprene, different closed-cell foams, sometimes sheepskin, and then thin line. And what is good about some of the other products, the sheepskin is a little, it's more moldable for a horse's leg. You can put a sheepskin boot on any horse and it'll kind of fit because the fur will compress in some areas and not in others. But sheepskin is not really great on a horse's leg. If you get it in water, you can only imagine what that's going to look like in very short order. So, you know, probably the the best option, luckily we have this incredible technology where we have a amazingly impact-resistant product that is very thin, doesn't absorb water, has antifungal agents, and most importantly, breathes. You can turn horses out in these boots, and they can be protected in the paddock. It'll kill the rain rod. It won't overheat any tendon. It will protect from almost all impact or trauma to the leg. And but what we love at Thin Line, we're really we're all horse riders, but we're all very busy. And we work. These boots are so easy to take care of. You hose them off, and you're done. You can throw them in the washing machine. You can throw them (laughs) in the washing machine. And the nice thing, you know, I hate to hang my boots out and have them have to dry for two or three days. But since Uh the pin line doesn't absorb water, I have there you hose them off, you're done. You can go around to the next horse. And dry a lot faster, yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, there's there's such a variety available and we haven't we haven't finished it all yet, folks. We're gonna have to divide the types and functions into two separate segments because there are so many. Um but this covered a, a very high percentage of the ones that you're going to see on most horses in English disciplines. Um, the ones we're going to cover on the next one are also carries some boots that you frequently see on Western disciplines and some boots that you see on horses that aren't even being ridden. So stay tuned for the next installment, folks. Once again, thank you very much, Elaine, for stopping by. Tell folks uh, where people can find Thin Line on the interweb. ThinLineGlobal.com, we're a USA manufacturer, and we support our dealers. So even if you order online, that order will go to your closest tax shop. If you choose to shop online, we support the tax shops across America. And that wraps up part two of our four-part series on leg protection. 
Thank you once again to Elaine Lockhead for sharing your expertise. And thank you to Thin Line Global for helping us put this series together. And as a thank you to our listeners, when you order online at thinlineglobal.com, enter the promo code radio at checkout for special savings. Stay tuned for part three, where we will continue talking about the different types of boots available and what their jobs are. All right, so we're back now. Um, we're talking with Sissy Finn and Cami Beckman. Uh, the three of us ride out with the Myopia Hounds, so we spend a lot of time, well, as much time as possible, um, riding to hounds. And we've been talking about how we how we balance our horse time and our, our family time. So now I want to talk about what kinds of things that we do to reinforce our relationships with our our husbands our, or our partners or boyfriends. So, which is, we're middle-aged moms. <laughs> we don't really, we're not out there like... Oh, don't say that. We're not, <laughs> we're not out there like wrapping ourselves around poles or anything, you know. It's, yeah. That's for the younger set. But, um, Sissy, what do you and Mark do just like when you're not riding and he's not boating? What do you guys do? We do a lot of hanging out. He's good company. And um, we laugh. Oh, my gosh. We laugh so much. As a matter of fact, the other night... <laughs> he is a bit movie. of a goofball. And we were watching a movie. I don't even know the name of the movie, but I decided to go upstairs and watch it upstairs because he was busy banging around pots and pans. And um, I didn't realize this, but there's a feature on the TV that if you press it, instead of it being closed captions, there's a feature on my TV that's for blind people. <laughs> so I didn't, I didn't know this. So basically, the movie is playing, and the characters are speaking. You know, you see the movie, it's regular. But there's this woman in the background describing the scene. And she'll say, and so-and-so got up from the table and left abruptly. And, and it will describe the whole thing. It's hysterical. So anyway, Mark, shortly after I went upstairs, and he was finished downstairs, he came up. And he's like, what is the television doing? And I had never seen this movie before, and he, I said, well, isn't that just part of the movie? And he goes, no. <laughs> Why is that lady describing everything? He's <laughs> so laughing so hard because it's, it's his voice, like, from nowhere. It's just like, and so-and-so leaves the room very angry, and they slam the door, and now they're outside, and they're getting in this old car. But it was just very funny. I guess you had to be there. But we were laughing so hard about this feature. Have you ever heard of such a thing? <laughs> no. In fact, it would probably For drive me crazy. People. Well, why would a blind person be watching television to begin with? <laughs> well, wouldn't they, they just listen to the movie? So then they why, don't they, the movie. Don't, why don't they just get like, but they can hear the movie... I mean, if somebody gets up from a room, okay, so maybe they don't, maybe the sound of the chair getting pushed back or the, I mean, they're going to hear a door slam. I don't know. I know, but they just, she described it. It was just so, so, so funny. And then in the next, so we were laughing about that. And then in the next breath, Mark had been talking about taking the boys canoeing the next day because it was going to be nice. And then he said, oh, I'll bring, I'll give Hunter a ride to school, but I thought he said he was going to take him canoeing before school. <laughs> I said, how are you going to take him canoeing before school? <laughs> Poor Mark was crying. He was laughing so hard. So anyway, yeah, we just hang out. We're goofballs. We just hang out and enjoy each other's company. Um, we, we're not, you know, we don't go out on date dates very often because we just like to be home. Well, okay. you have a lovely that's- home. I mean, you guys, you, you spend a lot of time on your home and that's that's sort of a hobby for you, for the both of you. Yeah. You enjoy working on your home. Yeah, yeah. So. And and so, that's you know, Cammie, you were talking a little bit about this um, in the first half of the show, that you will get together outside of the actual events and you'll sort of have lunch or whatever. What else do you and Dan do to kind of get some couple time in there? Um, well, I think we're a little um, bit of homebodies, too. I We... We would prefer to be at home just having our own dinner, watching a movie, doing that, those sorts of things. And I think we're in a similar situation where we really we get each other's humor a great deal. And I, he makes me laugh more than anyone else. So it's <laughs> just fun to be home relaxing. I don't feel a need to go out um, to do anything else or, or to be away. Again, kids are a little older, so 
we get a lot more of our own space and time as it is. Um, so I, we don't really have to go out. We did when they were younger. We really looked forward to going out and, and having a time where we could talk and not get interrupted and, you know, screamed at and yelled at and somebody else to put the kids to bed. But that's past. So, you know, my youngest is 14 and very independent. So um, we just like doing our own thing. Um, mostly at home, and, <laughs> drinking and, wine and watching a movie. And oh, here we go. Now it gets good. Drinking yeah. wine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we, we do like our wine. <laughs> we, do, we do like Wine is an essential part of every middle-aged mother's life. And by yes. middle age, I mean, we're all pretty rocking, I'd say. I mean, we hunt after all. You know, you can't get out there in the tack for three hours and not have a sense of humor, be fairly fit. Yeah. And have, you know, at least a fairly good farmer's tan. <laughs> yes. With the whitest legs. With the whitest legs. I know. Whitest we, legs. We, are, we are what my friend, my friend Risa likes to call wind-swept women. We are wind-swept women. Wind-swept, which there, to me, there's nothing more beautiful. Right. We're right. wind-swept women. I know. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about advice. Um, let's say... Let's say we're sitting around the feed room here. We got our coffee out and this, you know, 20-something comes along and says, you know, my fiancé and I are getting married in a couple of months. She, you know, I ride. He doesn't. If you could give her one piece of advice, what would you, what would you say to her, Sissy? Hmm. I think that I would say don't stop riding. You know, don't give up your passion um, and make it just be part of the relationship. Um, a happy wife is a happy life So for the husband. So I'm sure that if he's the right guy, he's going to understand that that is very important to you and don't step back from it. Right. Right. I like that. Don't step back yeah. from it, you windswept woman. All right, Cammy, what, what do you got? Girl comes up to you and she's like, what, what, what I want to, I love this guy. I want it to last for a million years, but I'm never going to give up my crazy thoroughbred. <laughs> what do you say? I think it's, I think it's respect and give and take. And, um, you know, just that balance of letting them do the things that they enjoy without put it, you know, posing any guilt on them or making any expectations of, you know, that's unrealistic around it and expecting the same in return. Um, You know, of the women that I've known over the last 25 years and the number of them that have, have, you know, things haven't worked out, I would say that so many of the cases were guilting each other, just Mm. like just expecting something other than what was happening and making Mm -hmm. each other feel badly about it. Um, and I, I, you know, it, it, it makes me sad because, you know, in many of the, these, the cases of the women that I'm thinking of, um, which is not Helena, um, <laughs> it's, that, uh, it's more of, uh, the, you know, just, uh, getting cranky about, um, your husband and, oh, he never does this and he never does that. And, oh, he's just blah, 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 blah. And I, I think I always just felt like I wanted to sing his praises more than, you know, put him down for not doing things. And then you, we just keep having more and more respect, and therefore you have more give and take on these things. I know. There's, yeah, there's, there definitely has to be a healthy relationship underneath the, that top layer of hobbies and passions. You can be passionate about your horses, about your horse life. Your husband, your partner, your wife can be passionate about things that they love, but um, underneath those things, there has to be a solid foundation. And so if I were to give this, this girl advice, I would say, make sure that you um, are marrying this person for the right reasons. Uh, I think a, today, I mean, I'm coming from a different place because I, obviously this is a huge life transition for me, but I think a lot of people get married for the wrong reasons. Yeah. And mm-hmm. eventually those reasons catch up with you. Some of us have to go through that, or sometimes the reasons may be right back then, and they change. Um, But the point is, is you have to kind of keep your eye on the health of the relationship and 
on your own individual stuff. You know, you, you have to continue to try to be a good person and to be the best person you can be so that you can contribute to the relationship. And then, in my opinion, that relationship can easily survive the demands on your time that horses take up. Because I don't really know of many other sports or activities that take up as much time as horses. That's your money. <laughs> no, money. Let's talk about greens fees, okay, and lift tickets. There's plenty of money to be spent in other sports. That's, oh, that's true. true. There is. I've done because I've had to prove my – I've had to prove the financial thing. But, um, but time. You know, you can't go to the barn and you can't be there and done in an hour. You can't be there and done in two hours. Yeah. You know. Um, and hunting, uh, you know, in formal season is a full day event. Right. You, you know. Got to get them washed, cat clean. Braided. Our gear green. Yeah, clean, braided. Transport. Right. Yeah. 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 Everything. Cooling out. And then there's, you got to take care of your trailer and you got to, you know, and then there's the hunties and there's the social stuff that you have to go to and, you know, getting up at the crack of dawn. What? Nothing. What? Nothing. <laughs> Sparrow's fart. Getting up at Sparrow's fart to go out hunting. Sparrow's fart. Well, I think this was great. I think we had a good, we've got, I think we had a good balance, a good, a good discussion about the state of relationships and in the horse world. Well, yeah. Yeah. Relationships. I, you never know what to say. Like, I don't want to say civil unions or I just think marriage. I think marriage should be for everybody, whether you are, um, a man and a man, a man and a woman, a woman and a woman, a horse and a horse. Yeah. Everybody can get married in my world. If this was like Halloween world, everybody <laughs> would be married as long as they were Aww. married to the right person for them. Um, so anyway, I think uh, if you have a good marriage, if you found the person that you love and you want to spend the next 100 lifetimes with, then you'll know it. You'll know it. And if they ever make you feel guilty about going to the barn – Kick him to the curb. <laughs> Squash him down. <laughs> Squash him down. <laughs> Hit the road, Jack. <laughs> Just don't take oh, my dear. trailer. <laughs> All right. Well, many, many thanks to my good friend Sissy Finn and Cami Beckman. I really appreciate you joining me for Stable Scoop this week. And hopefully we'll be able to get both of you back on in some way or another in future episodes. As always, we love your feedback. So please follow us on Facebook under Stable Scoop. And you can also find us on Twitter at Horse Radio. Many thanks to our sponsors for helping support this week's show. We hope you will support them. Go to StableScoop.com to find out all about these businesses and the amazing products they offer. That's it for this week. Thanks again for joining me. There will be more next week. <laughs>